The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Does money cause you stress? When a new life situation arises, do you worry how that will affect your budget and cash flow? Managing money is not always easy, but learning how to plan, set, and adjust goals as needed can help keep stress to a minimum and your financial success on a steady course. Welcome to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. Your future plan starts right here. Here's Debbie. Hello, everyone. This is Debbie Peterson at Money Counts. You are listening to our show, Unleashing Your Money's Hidden Potential. This is our second show, and we are talking about why money counts. In this first segment, we're going to recap a little bit of what we did last week to catch people up or maybe remind you of some of the thoughts we had there. And then uh, later on in the show, we are going to be talking about um, finding that hidden potential or going on a treasure hunt where are some common areas that we find opportunity for you to improve your cash flow. I think you'll find that interesting. I certainly hope so. Uh, I mentioned I'm Debbie Peterson. I founded Money Counts in 2002. I have been in financial services for over 40 years. And most of the time I was working in big financial institutions. And I was able, fortunately, to be in charge of Uh, customer service and operations most of my career, so I could have a direct impact on the kind of service that clients were getting from uh, whichever company I was working with. But I found that the client services were pretty much, I would say, kind of cookie cutter. I was in banking and, you know, we get that feeling that we are just a number. And unfortunately, that's what I found is management too, that when I would go to bat for a client improvement, it didn't seem anywhere near as exciting to management as cutting some sort of service so there was more money left over for profits. So I decided that I would try and break that mold a little bit and start my own company with the idea that helping people learn more about money is good for all of us. If all of us get to be retirement age and nobody has enough money to live, none of the people who are working will be able to afford to live either. We're going to have a pretty big mess there. So, And I was also very focused on longevity. I had... um, A relative of mine lived to be 97 years old back in the day when we were only supposed to live to be 70. So it became obvious to me that just planning out to age 80 was not realistic and that women probably would live longer. But regardless, there's many, many men also reaching their 90s these days and even into the 100s. So we have to have plans put together for you that you can afford to live your lifetime the way you need to and not be fearful that there won't be enough money to last the whole time. So that's what we like to do at Money Counts. And uh, I mentioned why we do it is we feel there's not enough of that help typically around um, for people who have not created much wealth yet. Most of us don't learn about money in school. Uh, If we do, it's more about accounting type things or business money, not personal finance. And so we're at a disadvantage and we may not even recognize it. It took me a long time to recognize that I wasn't the only one who had a lot of questions about well, should I do this or should I do that? And if I make this change, how does that impact something else? For instance, changing your mortgage payments and what will that do to your taxes? And after you try to figure it out for a while on a spreadsheet, you usually realize that it's more complicated than you thought. So we've had a lot of experience now with helping people think about those decisions and discuss different ways that they could be implemented and see what changes 
we should expect before we actually make the decision and that makes us more comfortable that we're going in the right direction. Uh, we'd like to help everyone and we feel that we all could use some help. Uh, we work with a lot of single people who don't have anyone in, you know, at home with them to share their financial questions and to bounce ideas off of. So we find that they're often really eager to uh, work with us. And we work with couples, uh, newly married, longtime married, more than one marriage, all different sorts of family situations. and. We find that uh, the dynamics are very different depending on what your family situation is. So trying to put together one set of uh, goals and strategies and apply them to a wide range of people really doesn't seem to work very well for anyone. So all of our help that we work with you is directly about your personal situation. We find out as much as we can working with you about what your likes, dislikes, concerns, and goals are, and what your resources are, and challenges. And then we try to help you prioritize what we should work on first and get one or two things out of the way and then move on to the next thing rather than trying to do a great many things all at the same time. That adds a level of confusion, first of all. It's difficult to tell what's working and what isn't. And you don't get a very good feeling about confidence and success because you can't really see that you've reached an objective in a certain time horizon. So we like to try to put time uh, horizons around what our goals are and then do them two or three at a time instead of a great many at once. I think you would know from uh, the way our government works that when we do get a new president, we quite often have a whole group of new goals and the president and the politicians are trying to work through all of them very close together instead of having some time after one's implemented before the next one starts. And therefore, we get a lot of confusion over what's, what's affecting what and how we can deal with it. Um, now, I know with this particular political situation, we haven't got a lot of those uh, uh, ideas implemented yet. But I think you may remember when Obama first took office that he put in a large number of social changes all at once. And, you know, in my feeling, it's a little bit better if we absorb one before we move on to the next one. We have found that people uh, are most likely to come to us when they are going through transitions in life. And I have my advisor and one of my clients, Nicole Maloney, here with me. And I wanted to ask her about the different transitions that we worked on with her and her husband. Nicole has been a client of mine uh, with her husband for over 10 years, and she's been working with us at Money Counts for over six years now. And I think that a large number of things that we work with people about, she's actually experienced herself. So I thought we would get her to share some of her thoughts. <laughs> when I look at the life transitions that um, we talk about, such as buying a home, getting married, having a baby, changing jobs, and ultimately retiring, <clears throat> Debbie helped um my husband and I, um, we started, like she said, 10 years ago. So we started with um, uh, getting married and then we bought a home and she helped us through those transitions. So helped us in merging our finances together and coming up with a, a plan on how we were going to get to purchasing a home. Then she helped us through our first home transition. We purchased our first town home and then we decided it was time to start a family. So she helped us through that transition in helping us to decide and plan, really truly educating us on whether I could stay home um, and be a stay-at-home mom or whether I needed to continue to work. So um, it was good to have that information while we were preparing for our family so that we knew which avenue we wanted to go. Ultimately, I was able to stay home with my children. I have two little girls now. Um, 
But I couldn't stay away long enough. I wanted to come back. So uh, she helped us in a job transition. Um, I worked in the financial services business for 18 years and um, decided that when I needed some adult stimulation, um, I came and worked for Debbie um, and started out primarily as a, you know, doing some projects, but then ultimately getting my licenses and becoming a financial advisor. So she's helped us through quite a few of our uh, life transitions and um, helped us make educated decisions um, on how we were going to approach each one of those events. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, what I wanted to emphasize about the way we work with you is that it really is not just about money. In fact, money is kind of the last thing we talk about. We want to understand you and what your goals are. And many times they're not true financial goals. It may be, I'd like to have more time with my family, as Nicole mentioned, or I'd like to have more time off from work to be able to regroup, things like that. Or it may be wanting to buy a house. Uh, also, we helped Nicole and her husband decide when they bought their second house that they could turn their first house into a rental property. And um, they continue to own both uh, pieces of real estate now. So it's a partnership about what are the sorts of things that you have ideas about and what are the sorts of uh, knowledge factors that you need in order to make decisions. So we do find that we run across all different kinds of uh people and lots of times we are helping people decide for instance if they might want to open a business and what would be a safe way to do that how much money do they need of their own before they could undertake that what kinds of things should they expect in the first couple of years uh, how will they know if they're successful or not how will they know if they should keep going or stop so those same thought processes, planning for building a business, are the same sorts of techniques we use for helping you plan for your life. We want you to be thinking about three to five years, time horizon, what would make you feel very successful in your life, and then what you need your money to do in order to make that happen. Many times it's not about a dollar amount in the bank, and that's something for uh, we hope everybody will understand that it, you do not have to come with a lot of money before you come to see us. We want you to just be able to make better decisions as time goes by so you can keep more of the money that you have worked hard to earn. We feel there are five stages of wealth. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, first one is just a foundation. What do you know about all types of money. Do you understand how taxes work, how credit cards work, how mortgages work, how um, capital gains might work if you do start investing? Do you know what that is and how it applies to you? If you should sell a house, do you know if you have to pay taxes on it? Things like that. When you get your first job, do you know what the taxes withheld on your paycheck, how those are calculated or estimated. Do you know about Social Security tax? What about payroll withholding for various benefits that you've chosen? There's a lot of things in Wealth Foundation that are more complex than we normally think. And there's a jargon that goes with investments and insurances and financial services that most of us have not been exposed to. So we may be embarrassed to say, I don't know the difference between a money market fund and a mutual fund, for instance. But we want to be able to help you get the answers to those questions in a way that you feel comfortable and have it be the um, level of input that you want. So if you don't want a lot of detail, that's fine. Or if you'd like a great deal of detail we can recommend where to get that from if there's some courses that might be interesting for you to take just depends on your interest so that's wealth foundation we feel very strongly everybody who comes in to see us starts with that emphasis on your your basics how much money do you have coming in how much is going out 
what types of things do you own that are assets, what type of expenses and liabilities do you have, and what can we do with what you have to work with. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about in the next uh, segment. From there, we go move on to wealth creation. And this area is also very important because just freeing up money, if we don't make a decision about how to use it to our best advantage, may mean that it, it just kind of gets frittered away, that no one is... Um, watching over, well, gee, you know, we've got a year in between car payments. How can we save that extra four or $500 a month and do something important with it instead of just maybe having a few more nights out to dinner or something like that? So creating wealth is a process. And it usually, for most of us who are working, starts with saving up small amounts of money until we have an emergency fund built up. If we have already had some issues where we've gotten into some debt, we want to get that under control before we start creating wealth. It, by reducing debt is also creating wealth that is putting you in a better financial position. Uh, the next area that we often uh, work with people on is wealth management or financial management. There are a lot of competitors in this area. This is where you're getting people who are wanting to have you buy different types of investment products. And there's many, many, many types and there's many advisors that are primarily investment advisors more than financial planners. And there's also many financial planners. Not all financial planners will help you implement a plan and not all investment managers will help you build a plan. They may just take a portion of your money and manage it for you without looking at all those other items that we've been discussing. But once you have enough wealth to be managed, you will probably have a lot of interest from those providers to get in touch with you and work with you. Uh, another area where there's a lot of uh, competition and advertising and is wealth protection and wealth protection can be uh, thought of as your insurance products. Uh, you insure your house, you insure your car, you insure your health, you insure your life, all those kinds of things so that when uh, something unplanned happens there will be somebody else there to help provide the money you need to move ahead with your life. Also, wealth protection involves estate planning. Do you have a will? Things like that. And the last area that we focus on is wealth distribution. And distribution is how you pay yourself from the time you first get a job. And do you save money or not at that point? When do you start that? Um, so every dollar has the opportunity, be it today dollar or tomorrow dollar, and the sooner we realize that, the more effective we will be at building a long, uh, a long time where our money can last for us and we don't need to worry about it. So that's just a little refresher about what we covered at the last session. And we are getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk again about when you have some extra money, what should you be thinking about? And then we are going to move into some new material about where you might find some extra money. And hopefully we'll give you some good ideas to explore in more detail. This is Debbie Peterson. Uh, you can reach us at mcradio at moneycounts.biz with questions or topics uh, that you would like us to discuss in more detail. Thank you. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. 
Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hi, this is Debbie Peterson of Money Counts. We are talking today about making your money count, finding your money's hidden potential. I have Nicole Maloney here with me, who is a client and also an advisor with our company. And she is going to start out by talking about one of our most frequently asked questions. We frequently hear from clients when they come in, when I have some extra money, what should I do with it? Should I invest it in myself first, build up savings, pay off debts? Should I fund my 401k or my retirement accounts? Do I make extra mortgage payments? And what types of mortgages should I have? So help us in understanding, Debbie, how when you're looking at the big picture of an individual, how should they be spending their extra money? Well, kind of the first step in our process is to get as many details from you as we can about what your current situation is. Everybody starts at a different point. So first of all, if you think you have extra money, we want to validate that it is extra before we commit you into a spending plan for it because we don't want to find out in a couple of weeks that that was your grocery money and it wasn't really extra or that uh, something changed drastically and that we need to start from scratch. We want to build those ideas into the planning process. Uh, So the first thing we look at is your income and what kind of stability you have in your job situation if you're working. So we have a lot of self-employed clients and a lot of commission people and small business owners who may have a very erratic cash flow and their needs are different from somebody who's been a long time in a job, they're on a salary, they feel pretty secure about their career and they can count on that paycheck showing up like clockwise every couple of weeks or so and some sort of a raise and maybe a bonus but you know their situation is very stable. I wouldn't say the self-employed or business owner situations are unstable, but they are different because they will quite often get a large amount of money at one time and then have to make it last for several weeks or several months before another big chunk comes in. And so with them, we have to be really careful about estimating expenses and what's an optional expense and what's a required expense so that they always have enough money on hand to cover those required expenses. When we get onto the income side of things, uh, paying off debts if you have debts is an area we always look at and the type of debt you have makes a difference on whether it's crucial to pay it off right away or as quickly as possible. So there's a concept of good debt and bad debt. Good debt is um, interest deductible for the most part, longer repayment cycles, lower monthly payments, more manageable. That's generally your real estate related debts and also quite often your college funding, school funding, things like that. Uh, Credit card debt is often high interest and the payments for the amount of money you owe are quite often much higher than they would be if that was um, 
related to a home equity line instead of a credit card, things like that. So we want to look at your, your credit card debt. And if you're not able to currently pay off everything on a monthly basis, we want to figure out what it would take to get you into that situation or to maybe find some less expensive credit cards. We also look at how you finance your automobiles when we're looking at debts, um, whether you lease or own. Are you planning to buy the car outright or are you going to change cars every few years? And sometimes when we're working with people, they haven't really thought about things like that um, in any great detail. And so they may in their mind think, well, I know I'm going to own this car for 10 years, but they might have just signed up for a lease. That those two things are not very compatible, for instance. So those are sort of the distortions that we look at. So paying off debts, we'd like to be um, having most of our debt, if we have it, be in the good debt category. Uh, we also want to make sure that you have money set aside for emergencies and larger expenses. Some people call them unexpected, but I call them unplanned because we expect there will be some, but we may not know what they're going to be. But we want to have some money and resources set aside for that. Last week, we talked about some places that you can get money that is other than your savings account. So to have emergency funds does not mean that you have to have a big pile of money sitting in a savings account or checking account and not necessarily earning much interest. It may be you have an equity line open on your home that you're not using that would have a very low payment and uh, be able to buy you some time while you resolved whatever situation had occurred. Uh, you could possibly use some money from a 401k plan uh, that can be, you can borrow against those generally up to 50% or $50,000, whichever is less. And you're offered two types of loans there. One is a uh, loan related to your primary residence, and that can be amortized over 30 years like a home mortgage can and could help you maybe get a, a first home or uh, down payment if you were uh, selling one house and buying the other and you needed to make a commitment on the buying of the second house before the first one was sold can be used kind of interim financing like that. So uh, there are places that are resources that you might not be thinking of and we are pretty good at helping you find those. So so I would say the first two critical areas to be thinking about are getting having your debts paid off uh, and having emergency savings. And we quite often meet people who are really, really good at savings, but they don't move beyond having money in a savings account. They don't really know what to do with it. So it, it really isn't moving them ahead very quickly because it's a dollar that they already earned. They paid the taxes on it. They set it aside, but it's not growing. And if you understand the concept of inflation, every year that that dollar sits there without any growth, it's getting a little bit worth a little bit less in purchasing power. So we don't want to have a lot of our dollars just sitting in a savings account. Uh, then there's some questions about all right, invest in yourself first, so that's build up your savings, then what do you do after that? Most of us think the next thing we should do is either own a house and pay it off, or uh, fund a retirement account, or both. We don't often think about investments that are other than those two for our major investments if we're working people. We're really taught a house is important to own, which has changed somewhat with different changes in tax rules and may change again with some of the proposals under Trump uh, because mortgage interest may not be enough to make it uh, more attractive to deduct it than what the increased standard deduction is going to become. Most of us would not have mortgage interest higher than that. So we want to make sure when we're thinking about something as major as buying a home that we're really thinking about it in context of what we want in our life. Younger people these days are more mobile. They don't want to be stuck in a house 
if they might be changing their job or their careers might take them, you know, or they want to travel a lot. Uh, so they might be better renting. So we want to look at that. And then in your retirement accounts, what how you fund those depends on how much excess money you have, how old you are. You want to get some of your bigger goals underway, I believe, before you direct a lot of money into your retirement account because it's not easily accessible to you until you get close to retirement age. There are some ways to get at that money before 59 and a half and not pay penalties, but not very many of them. And we will be discussing those probably in uh, next week's uh, segments and episodes. So, uh, but those are the most common types of questions that we hear. We also hear some things about college funding. There's lots of different ways to plan for those things. We like to plan that when we're putting dollars into different strategies that that money can be used in more than one way so that we don't have to guess every type of way we might need our money to work for us. We have some more money that's in a general type of uh, product or account that can be accessed for many different uh, needs and not just one or two. We believe that knowing where your money goes is just as important as knowing where it comes from and that major life expenses do need to be planned for. They shouldn't be a surprise to us that they're coming. And we need to know which expenses we can change and which ones cover our basic needs. So if you were thinking again in a business uh, type planning environment, there is a concept of fixed expenses and variable expenses. And fixed expenses are going to keep reoccurring no matter what happens with your income. So we have to be careful not to have too many of those and to have a, a little bit more on the variable side where, you know, if we don't have enough money for a month or two, then maybe we do cut back on some of the optional things and don't have money already tied up trying to repay for something we did already, such as taking a large vacation and borrowing on a credit card. If our cash flow is tight, that then becomes a fixed expense because we've already spent the money instead of it being a variable expense and being based on whether we have money at that time set aside for that. Um, so for some new material today, we thought it would be fun to talk about places where we typically find we can free up some extra money or resources that may not be being used as well as they could be. So this is helping you find your treasure in your treasure hunt. And again, unleashing your money's hidden potential. One of the major areas that we find can be adjusted and we don't often think about it is how we pay our taxes, not just how much our taxes cost in general, but how do we pay them? So if you're a, a salaried person or have a pretty steady income and you're having taxes withheld, you may realize that you either get a good refund every year, you come out pretty even, or you typically owe money. You have a choice of how much money is withheld from your paychecks. So if you're having too much withheld and you're getting back a sizable refund, and I realize some of you use that for, you know, your discretionary spending for the following year, that's fine. But if by having that extra money withheld, you find that you're running up uh, charge account bills, things like that, it may be better for you to have that money in your monthly cash flow so that you don't at the end of the year when you get your refund have to pay it all back on your credit cards. That would have cost you interest that you didn't really need uh, to be spending or it can create more money for your goals. If you don't need that, that particular lump sum of money for any primary reason at the beginning of the year when you get your tax refund, it could be directed towards your goals earlier and may help you reach them more quickly. If you typically owe money, uh, you're having too little taken out of your paycheck or you're estimating too little for your taxes. If you pay a little more each month, you're going to reduce the need to pay a large amount once a year. That would generally be preferable. 
Now, sometimes we run into people that really are not in very good financial shape and they can't afford to set aside enough money to cover their taxes and pay the bills that they have at that time. We help people work through that situation as best we can. It may have been caused by an illness or a loss of a job. You know, we don't think that it necessarily means that somebody has been careless with their money. There's lots of reasons why you can go through periods of time when your cash flow is not sufficient for your needs. But we want to help you uh, move out of that situation as soon as you can because that's stressful. Um, You could be self-employed, and if you are, we suggest you work with a tax preparer to make sure you take advantage of all applicable tax tax deductions and that you understand what you're allowed to take so you can track them throughout the year. We want you to have separate accounts for your personal expenses and your business expenses. That would be your bank accounts and your credit cards. And we suggest that you always pay business expenses from the business account, even if that leaves uh, it causes you to make a loan to your business, because that leaves a clear audit trail when you pay yourself back that you don't owe taxes on that money. And you would also want to be aware of self-employment tax, which requires you to pay both sides of Social Security tax. That's one that a lot of people don't understand. If you're new in a business, it's 15.3% of the money that is considered profits, and that's before you've paid your personal income tax, uh, state and federal. So it's a very high expense. You want to be managing that as early as possible. And just a side note, we'd like to mention, remember that your health insurance premiums are deductible if you're self-employed. Be sure you provide them to your accountant and discuss if there's any... um, subsidies available for you under Obamacare and things like that. If your income is irregular, you want to keep up on that because that changes year to year and that can cause a problem if you under or overestimate your income. We are going to be talking about some more things on taxes when we come back from our break. Uh, about tax brackets, uh, home financing, a little bit about credit cards, things that we all find are pretty commonplace in our lives. And again, if you would like to contact us to get more details about your particular situation, or uh, we will be having a, um, uh, excuse me, a a radio show that is going to be just devoted to owning a home and how and different things related to your mortgage. So that we'll get into a lot more detail when we cover that. Again, our email address is mcradio at moneycounts.biz and we thank you for tuning in. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. 
You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Money Counts, Unleashing Your Money's Hidden Potential. This is Debbie Peterson, and today we are talking about some of the places where you might find some money that's not being used as efficiently as it could be, and how we can recapture that money and put it back to work for you and your goals, rather than helping some financial institution or the government (laughs) have more than they need. We had started talking about taxes a little bit before the break. One additional thing I wanted to mention is the concept of tax brackets. So the government has currently set up several different tax brackets and they go by range of income. But your money is never all in one unless you're very low income. So the first amount of money that you have will be at 10%, and then the next amount goes up to 15, 25, 28, uh, those types of things. So you may be in a 25% tax bracket for your last few dollars of income, but your effective tax bracket could be much lower. It could be down in the 15% or even 12 or 13% range based on the amount of gross income you have compared to what your actual tax bill is because you may have a lot of write-offs. You may just be getting into the 25% bracket, so most of your income was not subject to those higher levels. It's important to understand that when you're making decisions about the value of tax deferral and, and tax deductions. So we will be talking about that next week when we talk about some different types of accounts you may be wanting to work with for retirement um, and savings. A big area that uh, can make a very big difference in your cash flow is if you do own a home or real estate, the type of financing that you're using. So it's good to periodically, and I would say at least every two years, review your current mortgage and look at what is currently available to see if your rates are in line with what they should be and if any new or different types of mortgages might be better for you. Sometimes we make a decision that we have a good cash flow and we think we'd be good with a 15-year mortgage and then something happens and we need to restructure and go to a lower payment. Uh, Those things can happen. There's adjustable rate programs that are available for three, five, seven, and 10 years. Uh, Sometimes those are very favorable interest costs compared to traditional mortgages, and sometimes they're not. So if we don't know whether they are or not, we won't know whether they're good for us. You want to be thinking about how long you plan to stay in your home when you're making a decision about purchasing a house or refinancing a house. If you're not going to stay long, it does not make a lot of sense, in my opinion, to put a lot of extra money towards a mortgage payment. You would be better off saving that outside of your mortgage and then using that to help you when you make your next choice of where you're going to live. Or um, you may know that you're going to downsize, something like that. So you might have enough equity in your house that you don't need to be making extra mortgage payments because the equity that you have in your home will cover the next home you're planning to buy. So at that point, you would want to be moving those dollars into another goal. If you need money for repairing or remodeling your home, that may also increase the value of your house. So we want you to be thinking about how you would plan for that. Maybe rather than saving up all the money you need ahead of time, it might be a good idea to use a home equity line. You're tying improving the house to a deductible mortgage interest. Home equity lines generally have very low payments compared to a traditional mortgage because there's a period of time that is only interest is being charged. You have the option of paying more if you have more money, but if you don't, you're not required to pay it. So um, again, you may be doing that remodeling or repairs in order to sell your house, or you may be doing it just to have a nicer lifestyle or make sure that you take care of keeping the house up to date so you don't incur major repairs down the road. 
Um, if you do have excess equity in your home, and you may not know this, so we'll talk to you about how to find that out. But if you do have excess equity, we would like to see you have an equity line, even if you don't use it. It's a very good source of money for those unplanned expenses if we haven't got enough money in another source. It may be the cheapest place for you to get money. If you have money in investments and the market's not good, you may not want to sell them or selling them may cost capital gains tax. So this is just another bucket where you can have um, access to money and if it's pre-approved, you've already got it set up, you don't have to start the process after you found out that you needed it. The way you can tell, a quick way to tell if you have equity in your house is to go on some sort of a home value estimator like Zillow, that's pillow with a Z, and put in your address and it will come up with an idea of how much your particular house is worth and it will be based on current sales around you, tax values, things like that. Compare that to the uh, balance outstanding on your current mortgage and any second mortgage or home equity lines you have and see if there's an excess there. Um, it should generally be 20% or more available before you would qualify for an equity line. And of course, you also have to qualify on an income basis. So uh, when your financial situation is good is when you want to be asking for those types of things to be set up. We get a lot of questions around credit card management and when we do credit card schedules with you, what we will want to see is any of your major credit cards, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Amex, what your credit limit is, how much you've used of your credit limit, what kind of interest rates you're paying, and also how the, um, the size of the payment compares to the size of the loan because some companies are very aggressive in wanting to get their money paid back and others will charge as little as 1% of the outstanding balance, which means if that's all you're paying, you are virtually never going to get that balance taken care of. So it's really important that we look at how those minimum payments are calculated. We get questions all the time about taking advantage of zero interest offers We've been trained to think that this is going to hurt our credit score. And I come from back in the day when no one knew what their credit score was. When you went to go apply for a mortgage, that was the only time it was used and the bank would not tell you what the score was. They would just tell you if you were approved or not. These days, we've kind of gone a full circle on that and now people are very competitive about their credit scores. So. If you are thinking about doing a major purchase, a car um, or needing a loan or a home, you want to be careful that you don't do many changes to your credit at the same time that you're going to go for a loan review because that can trigger changes to your credit score. But if you're not thinking of major purchases but you'd like to get a 0% offer instituted instead of paying 15 or 20% on your credit card that you have, by all means, go ahead and take a look at those offers and keep your interest as low as possible. That is not going to make a major impact on your credit score. Buying a car right before you try to buy a house, that would have a big change because you're signing up for a big payment. But refinancing a debt to a lower interest rate is not a major change to credit. And we will be having a show that will be talking all about credit issues and how to improve your credit, steps to take if your credit is um, good but you want to make it better, how to use good credit, all of those things. Um, you also want to know if the interest that you're paying is tax deductible on your credit card. And it can be. It can be deductible if you are using it to the, some of the money to buy your home as a down payment, if it's a business expense, business-related expenses. Um, the, so, for instance, if your employer needs you to send in a bill for expenses when you're traveling and you charged it on a credit card and your employer is going to reimburse you, the employer will generally not reimburse you for your 
uh, interest, but because it was a business-related expense, ask your accountant, but normally you would be able to deduct the interest on that portion of the credit card payment. Um, there's also a difference between expense reimbursements if you're an employee or you're an owner and you want to make sure that you take advantage of understanding those rules. So an employee can be reimbursed by expenses that are first of all allowed by the IRS, but secondly, they also have to be allowed by the employer. So there's usually an employer handbook, employee handbook, something like that, that will explain what you can be reimbursed for. Be sure you know what you can get paid back for. That's not taxable money to you. It's really in your best interest to make sure that if you paid some expenses that weren't yours, you get the money back. If you're the owner of a company, then you really just have to follow the IRS rules unless you have a lot of other employees in the company. Here I'm talking about the self-employed individuals, small business owners, things like that. You want to understand if you're having an employee meeting and you buy lunch, for instance, is that deductible as a meeting expense or is it deductible as a meal expense? There's different rules for that. Again, that's where you want to get advice from your accountant and you want to do a good job of bookkeeping. So those are some of the places where we find that by changing things around a little bit in your cash flow, we can start freeing up money. We are going to continue this discussion next week, and our topic uh, will be uh, insurance costs, and then we will go into some of the um, different things you might want to do with your money as far as investing, things like that, when you're developing your plan. Um, you can reach us again at MC Radio at moneycounts.biz. And this is Debbie Peterson. Hope you'll be listening next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential. Be sure to join host Debbie Peterson again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of our show. Opinions expressed are those of the speaker and are not endorsed by the named broker, dealer, or its affiliates. All information has been prepared solely for informational purposes and is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. Certain statements offered are forward-looking, including but not limited to statements that are predictions of or indicate future events, trends, plans, or objectives. Undue reliance should not be placed on such statements because by their nature, they are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties. The information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities that are offered through registered representatives of Summit Brokerage Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Summit Brokerage Services, Inc. and Summit Financial Group, Inc. are separate and unrelated to any other named entity. Debbie Peterson is a registered investment advisor located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number is 704-315-5623. 